Thanks for listening to the Women Emerging podcast. Every week we put up a new episode with insights into leadership, practical leadership, seen through the eyes of women leaders of all ages and all sectors from right across the world. Our aim is for women to be able to say, if that's leadership, I'm in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and join Women Emerging on our website, womenemerging.org. That's womenemerging.org for more fabulous free leadership content. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Julia Middleton here, Women Emerging Director and your podcast host. Over the last seven weeks, we have looked at seven episodes each one covering essence. One of the big revelations, one of the big ahas for us on the expedition, and I accept that this may seem obvious to you, but it was without doubt a big aha for us, was that if you want to become a better leader, you and you go on an expedition to become a better leader, there are sort of two parallel threads in your expedition. An expedition that is almost going inside ourselves to understand ourselves and therefore our essence and an expedition to the outside world to find out how people lead well and lead well in different contexts. So for the last seven episodes, we've been looking at our different bits of essence and we've been volunteering up the bits that those of us on the expedition found when we started looking internally at our own essence. They're not an exhaustive list, there are seven of them and for other people there would be eight or nine or ten or some of the seven that we suggest may not resonate at all. But we we did these seven episodes in the hope that we encourage, we invite, by illustrating our essences, we invite you to think about your own essence and particularly look at your own essence in the context of how it influences how you lead. So at the end of these seven episodes, which have covered the sacred, the body, nature, motherness, ancestors, trauma and education, I'm going to sit down with Mona. Because next week we move on. Next week we're going to talk more about, there's there's four episodes about energy. The other big aha for us on the expedition was that we were bored of the word leadership or leader and we just loved the verb leading and we deeply believe that leading is about creating energy. It's about creating, managing, being aware of, being responsible for energy. It's the production, the generating of energy. But more about that next week. For now, just to finish off these seven episodes, Mona and I sat down and tried to pull some of the threads together and particularly highlight the moments that most spoke to us as our fellow members of the expedition spoke about their own essence. So straight over to Mona. So Mona, we've come to an end of seven episodes now, um, all about essence. And essence was something, I think that 
it was one of the big words that we came away from the expedition with, wasn't it? The word essence. Some people were trying to sort of pull it towards the word identity, but I, I think all of us felt that that wasn't a big enough word for it. Essence was somehow spiritual too, wasn't it? Well, it was spiritual. It was about our body. It was about trusting nature. Certainly about a new term we coined called motherness. Acknowledging our ancestors, acknowledging trauma, and the importance of education. So I think essence combine a lot of things. And for me, essence is about trust because that's what we're born with. Ultimately, as babies, we trust our mothers and those around us. And that is fundamentally the essence of who we are. So for me, all of this combines into who we trust, how we trust, how we trust ourselves, how we trust our colleagues and our communities. I like that. That's, that's really, really helpful. And in a way, those seven bits of essence, we just offered them up and said those were the ones that shouted to us. But for other people, they, you know, they might agree with some of them or less or whatever, but they also might have other ones. And in fact, you know, having spent so much time listening to beautiful music with um, Anna playing or others singing, you know, for, for somebody else, the essence would be music. It doesn't happen to be for me, but for somebody else. So other people will have different bits in their essence, won't they? We just offered these up. Yeah, and it's what our, our group of 24 shared. And, you know, as you know, there are millions of women out there who could identify with some of it or come up with their own, own definition of essence. Absolutely. It's funny, looking back at those seven episodes, there are some expressions. I, I absolutely got, I, I endlessly use this expression, the infinite game that Anne-Luce used during that nature episode um the concept that it's not about winning or losing it's about perpetuating the game and if the game stops then we've all lost i, I thought the infinite game was an expression that absolutely caught me um and hinamo's you know again all the way through the expedition hinamo was reminding us about our ancestors but in a funny way, during the um, podcast episode, she also reminded us that we will be the ancestors for future generations. So actually trying to think through what kind of ancestors we want to be remembered as, um, I thought was, was something that absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I think Aisha talking about the reality is that everybody experiences a level of trauma and that inevitably frames a lot of your leadership and you've just got to get your head around that. That's been rather depressing for me because I look back at lots of situations over the last 40 years where I've been leading where I sort of think, oh, if I had a little bit more self-awareness, maybe I wouldn't have done it that way. Um, are there any bits of the Essence episodes that have stuck with you? Oh, so much, Julia. I, I think the piece about motherness, about how we build community, how we feel things and often don't say them, how we feel joy. And in what you're saying is the self-awareness piece. 
we all have that awareness within us. As I said, we're born seeking truth and seeking trust and intrinsically believing in it. But I think it's what we draw upon in different times in our lives, whether we're experiencing trauma or we're experiencing joy in being in nature. It's what we draw upon that is that is intrinsically and intuitively within us and how we apply that to our everyday lives. Because at the end of it, of course, we all have essence. Of course, we have spirituality. We have all of it, but we have to apply it in a world that we live in and the world that has uh, many things that have been predefined. So the question is, do we live by those definitions? Do we change them? How aggressive can we be about changing them? And how will, how will we be accepted when we do that? So it's all of those things combined that lead to us being much more self-aware, much more self-confident. And in some places, when you talk about leadership, it's being able to step into those places, even though you know you're going to be criticized or some, sometimes annihilated for saying those truths, for speaking those truths and, uh, and still being brave, brave enough to do it. Uh, Aparo was interesting, wasn't she? Because there was she uh, refusing to talk about faith um, and refusing and rejecting the word spirituality and, and saying, staying with the word sacred, but also really naming, I think, that a lot of women in the, the anger, I suppose, at what um, established faiths and religions, how <laughs> the misogyny of those faiths means that sometimes a lot of women are quite blind to the reality that millions of women all over the world, faith is absolutely central to their essence, and there's no point in denying it. I believe faith is essential to all of us, but it doesn't have to be faith that's bound in religion or it doesn't have to be faith that's bound in the inter interpretation of religion, because you know that's where the misogyny steps in. I refuse to believe that faith intrinsically is misogynistic. I think it's how it's interpreted and who it's interpreted by. Uh, but if you don't have faith, you can't do the work that we all step in to do, right? You can't do the work of coming into a place and fixing things that you see as, as unjust or incorrect or needing to be rethought and bringing a new lens to it. Even what we're doing in imagining a future where women opt into leadership can't be done if we don't have faith in, in what we're sharing and what we're experiencing and talking about. In some ways, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Why did we choose the word essence, do you think? Because it is who we are. It is who at the core we are and what we stand for and how we show up as leaders in the world. At the end of the day, each one of us is in some ways, um, you know, influenced by our families and the external world, but we are all born as very unique individual human beings. And it's unpacking what that means for each of us and how we show up in the world to lead the areas that we are uniquely destined in some ways to lead. And um, that is the essence of who we are. And it takes a long journey to unpack all of it in all its multitude of manifestations. But once we do, then we realize that the world can be a very different place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely love 
that in every single one of the episodes, the last seven episodes about Essence, we've never, nobody's ever bothered to have a go at men for how they lead, which I get rather, I mean, you get bored of it, but bored of it to some extent because we are trying to break away from how men lead. But yes, this is trying to do something slightly different, isn't it? I think men have to be included in these conversations. Men have inherited a system that was created that we blindly followed, men and women, frankly, blindly followed, that had its uh, essence in patriarchy, in colonialism, in lots of systems that didn't work then and don't work now. But men have been somewhat victimized as blindly following these systems. And I choose to say that maybe they did because that's what they defined as success. And that's what the definition of success has meant for them to do. But in honesty, after the past three years of being in a pandemic and being just so much more exposed in many ways, men also are looking for something different. They don't want to follow the same old rules. And I think most of the men I speak to, with a few exceptions of people who want to really be power grabbing and hungry about that, um, want to include women in setting the new rules and want to be inclusive of families and communities and understanding that, you know, it's a lot of, it's a big burden on one gender to figure it all out. <laughs> men have never been allowed or encouraged, shall I say, to explore their own essence. Men have always been taught that success is a formula. It's a formula related to making money. It's a formula to providing well-being for families. And it's a straight path. So you're really not allowed to deviate. You have to stick with it, you know, stiff up a lip, chin up, do it whether you like it or hate it. And in some ways, it's robbed men of a lot of joy because often men have been made to be in places or have inevitably compromised and settled into spaces that haven't allowed them to experience the emotional benefits of being human beings. And we know that that is a reason why men have shorter lives than women, because they hold a lot of stress within them and causes them to live less longer than we do. So in some ways, I'm not excusing the bad behavior of men because there are plenty of men who don't behave very well, but I am positing that if men were given a chance to rewrite the rules, they might be a little bit different. That may just be the optimist in me, but I do think that uh, men and women together could create a world that's much more joyful than we presently see it as. And I suppose, you know, the next few episodes, having looked at Essence, which is so inward looking, um, I think that the next few episodes of the podcast will be about the concept of energy. And, you know, once you've landed your essence, then how do you... Because we came up, I think, with an increasing view that leadership is about energy, or rather leading is about energy. Because the danger is that you spend so much time investigating your own essence <laughs> and you doing internal work that when it then hits the outside world, which is, let's face it, full of all kinds of people 
who aren't particularly interested in whoever's essence. <laughs> um, and, and actually aren't that interested in women leading. So, so what's your experience been of when, you know, when you've done the internal, the inside work, then it hits the reality of the outside world. How, how much of a shock of that is that? How much, how much do you end up compromising? How, how do you combine this inner and outer energy? You know, I think a lot of it depends on what success means to you. And I know that's a very broad definition, but if you are going into a career, for example, in investment banking, as I started out, at that time, success meant following the rules, following a pre-charted journey that had been wildly financially successful to clients and bankers alike, uh, dressing a certain way, definitely not bringing in anything other than your work persona and being professional, whatever that may mean. I think if you look at that world today, it is quite different because clients and bankers alike realize that there's a commonality and there's a connection that comes with understanding each other as human beings. And I won't say everybody buys into that, but I would say much more than in the days when I was on Wall Street. Um, the essence of understanding who you are is critical to figuring out how you show up in the world. And that is where the energy piece comes in, because I really believe that the energy you emanate comes from the self-confidence, the being comfortable with who you are, with saying what you really think. Um, but also sometimes I could be pretty bold in my thinking, but I have to think about who's in the room because I do think of what the outcome is going to be. And so it is not foolish to think about, well, how do I temper what I'm going to say and how I'm going to put the energy out there to be provocative maybe, but also to further the outcome that I want to see. So it's just being practical as a leader, because at the end of the day, if you are a leader, if you're a CEO, the buck stops with you. So you have to be thinking about outcomes. You have to be thinking about the energy that you share. You have to be thinking about building a community of your coworkers and your teammates. And you have to be thinking about, at the end of the day, <clears throat> when the buck stops with you, what do you want it to look like? Yeah. Talk to me about practical just a bit more. What do you mean by practical? Practical means understanding how something that you talk about in sort of um, cloud nine in some ways lands in the world and can actually be executed. So it is very much essence meet, meets practicality. Absolutely. And it's the energy you put out there. So the energy is not saying I'm coming from a place of scarcity because I will not share. The energy is saying I'm coming from a place of abundance because I hear what you're saying and I have the power to do what it takes to make it right. And that goes back to trust, right? That goes back to people trusting you to know that as a leader, you are true to your word and you will actually do what you need to do. Even if you don't do it completely transparently the way everybody wants you to. Yes, because sometimes the transparency also has consequences, which are negative. 
So essence meets outside world. There is a bit of a there is a bit of a shock. There absolutely is, but I think if you are true to your essence, then the shock may be a little bit mitigated. Explain. Well, if you have self-confidence, I think a lot of women say, I don't have the confidence to say that, or somebody said something obnoxious to me, and I just, I felt so vulnerable, I didn't have the power to stand up and criticize it or or call them out on it. Um, Loretta Ross is a professor at Smith and um, has this wonderful concept of calling in versus calling out. So instead of shaming people, to actually talk about why it's important to talk about contentious issues and come to an understanding whether the understanding is that you choose to disagree or not is fine but actually talking about a subject as opposing to just shaming someone calling them out without really trying to understand where they're coming from i think is a big problem in our society right now calling in rather than calling out is a very good expression isn't it you're actually trying to understand another person's point of view before you judge them. And I think the problem with patriarchy has long been that women have been judged without asking for their opinion on certain matters. And I think had women been asked about these issues and had conversations with male counterparts who were making the rules, which we weren't, then the rules may have been a little bit different. I'm hopeful about that. Uh, I think it's time for women to rewrite the rules and it's time for women to own that space. And while we could be graceful about listening to men, we also have to put forward our own thinking and our own thought leadership and say, what if? What if this is what leadership could look like? And again, I'm optimistic to say, I think men would agree with us. I think so too. And certainly looking at the experience of the next generation and what they value and how they show up at work with their whole selves, as opposed to just the quote unquote professional selves. I mean, how can a professional self be different from your children and the, your role as a mother or your role as a spouse or, you know, a friend or any other way that you show up in the world? You can't cut off that piece of yourself and show up in a completely different silo which many of us had to do in the old days. Well, next episodes, we, we, we go very much into this issue of energy and leading rather than leadership. Leading is a very powerful term because leading is about taking people through a journey. And that's exactly what we've done on this expedition. And as we've seen, with the 24 leaders we've had on this expedition, everybody leads in a very different way. And that's where energy and essence feeds into all of this. It's honoring the fact that we all come from different lived experiences. Yes, that's what I loved about the expedition too. I, I love that we were also different, but also the same, all with very different lived experiences and lives at the moment and no doubt in the future and it 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 definitely confirmed the aha for all of us that that there is no one way to lead that um that the simple solutions and the simple definitions of leadership almost do it no a disservice we 
we did reframe our thinking that instead of going on an expedition to find an approach to leadership that resonates with women, an approach, we came back thinking we found a map that helps other people go on their own expedition and find their own way to lead and what works for them in leadership. But Mona, just before we end this episode, I've heard you over the months often talk about words that you would love to banish that are associated with leadership. Just catch me up on your latest list. In the professional world, traditionally, we've talked about going up a ladder. The reality is none of us goes up a ladder. All of us goes around and about and finds our own path to success and leadership. So we need to redefine and rework some of the words that we use in how we define leadership. Because any of us who go straight up a ladder hasn't had the depth of experience or the depth of listening and learning and speaking our truths so that we can experience breaks in the road, forks in the road, parts in the road that we should have taken, would have taken, which could have led us somewhere else. So I really think going up the ladder is uh, a visual that we need to disentangle. So we're going to banish the word ladder. What what are the other words that would be good to um, banish? (laughs) What are the words good to banish? Let's think about it. Um, Power over. Yep. I would rather have power with. Yep. I would say winner. Yeah. Journey of leadership. There is not one winner. And so that the the thought of everybody winning in whichever way they choose to define winning is important. There's, there's only one thing worse than winning. It's win-win. <laughs> oh, it's horrible to say win-win. I mean, it should be win-win-win-win-win-win-win, right? Everybody should be winning. But I totally agree with that. Uh, and about people having a single journey and a single story. None of us have a single story. All of us are the product of where we were born, how we were brought up, what were our values. And it's finding that values alignment. I think that's more important than quote unquote winning. So I got my list. We don't like ladders, totally agree. We don't like power, bingo, agree. Um, Winners, winner, winner, winners. Sometimes you can't win, totally agree. And and, and if, if all you want to do is win, then there's a problem if you go back to that infinite game concept. And then the single story. Yeah, there is no one way to lead. There are many ways to lead and we all have to find our own way. Can I add to your list, Mona, the word harness? It's It's been one that I've hated for many years, the amount of time people talk about harnessing talent, and particularly when they talk about harnessing the talent of young people. I always try to get in there quickly as soon as the word is used and remind people what a harness looks like and what it feels like. It's a big piece of leather that you strap around an animal's neck, either to force it to do something that it doesn't want to do or to stop it it from doing something that it does want to do. The last thing on earth we should be doing as leaders is harnessing, drop that word. So thank you, Mona. That was really, really helpful. Next week, 
is the first of the energy episodes. But before you start listening to them, can I just urge you to not to miss all the seven Essence episodes? They were glorious, with Aparna talking about the sacred, Katrina on body, Anush on nature, Melissa on motherness, Hinamoa on ancestors, Aisha on trauma, and Isata on education. They are so, so worth a listen. In the meantime, talk next week, sending lots and lots of love. It's spring here in the UK, my favourite time of the year. And every morning I I wake to the dawn chorus of the birds. It's the most beautiful piece of spring. So send you much love. To become part of our movement and share your thinking with us, subscribe to the podcast and join the Women Emerging group on our website at womenemerging.org. We love all of the messages you send us. Keep them coming.